You know, it's times like these, I think back to my old Spanish teacher, Senor Morgan, who had an old saying, I have a frog in my throat. I think I'm getting hoarse. <laughs> well, there's another old saying that says the show must go on. And this show must go on because we have with us Chris Dumit from Gold Rush, everybody. I don't want to miss it. You certainly don't want to miss it. So let's do this. Blabberbrains. Welcome to another episode of Blabberbrains Show. Ugh, my throat. As they say, the show must go on. I am very hoarse right now, but tell you who's not horse who's very not horse is the guy over there the big m mark anthony what is happening sir hello everybody out <laughs> in facebook instagram youtube porn hub land whatever it is oh, wherever you're listening to us and watching us hey don't forget about our audio listeners too we have a lot of people on spotify and iHeartRadio and apple podcast and google podcast listening in and uh, we, I seem to always like uh, forget about mentioning those, but we do have a lot of uh, a wide listening audience. I know this for a fact. In on Spotify, we are in at least thirteen different countries of people that tune in to listen to us. So that's pretty awesome. Okay, for two schleps from Pittsburgh. So, well, I think, there's I hear that there's there's tens of Chinese kids having a bowl <laughs> of cereal in the morning and listening to what we're doing. Well. And of course, this was a recorded show, so they can listen to us at any time of the day. Uh, speaking of which, I'm, you know, I know you, you said China, but I'm I'm actually doing uh, learning Japanese through Duolingo. Okay. I don't know how much I'm, I don't know how much I'm learning to speak it as much as I'm learning to recognize some of the the characters that they're that they're showing, like the symbols it's with Japanese. It's all like symbols and stuff like that. So. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to do the, the, um, the lessons over and over again so that they're ingrained, but I'm just like learning like numbers and colors and other word phrases like, you know, but I'm not sure like, like some, some things that they say, which is uh good morning is, uh, Ohio. So I'm not sure. Like they always say it like that. Ohio. Like I never hear Japanese people say Ohio as saying good morning. So like, will they be offended if I like greet a Japanese person in the morning and I say, oh, hi, oh, if you do it, you go like this, like you're, yeah, oh, good morning. Yeah. It's, I, it's just weird how they always say it. Like, I mean, like, it doesn't matter whether it's the male voice or the female voice. It's, they always say it like that. And it's just really odd. And then I think what that that's going to be, that's going to be like a dead giveaway. Oh, Duolingo, you know, something like that. I don't know. What's making you learn out of all languages, Jap Japanese? I don't know. First of all, I thought it was, uh, you know, it's on my bucket list to go to Sasuke one year. And I was, um, um, you know, every year I watch uh, Sasuke, which is the the original version of American Ninja Warrior, which is over in Japan. This was their 40th tournament uh, okay. since, 19, since 1997 uh, this year. And, uh, the, you know, they when they broadcast it, they they show all the Japanese commercials and they're always pretty funny and stuff like that. And I never know. And of course, there's no subtitles or anything like that because this is like a Japanese broadcast and uh, you just watch it online. But um, I'm like, oh, like, I wonder, like, I, I, I want to understand what they're saying. So I just thought I'd learn Japanese through Duolingo. And um, I don't know. I mean, 
I could be into it for a year and probably know how to say like maybe one or two sentences. It's just when you get older, man, it's just harder to learn a new language, you know? I, I have no idea. I have no idea because I haven't tried it before. I mean, I thought years ago about learning Spanish just because I thought it would come in. It would be, I do, in some of the jobs that I see that I'm qualified for, every now and then there's that one more being, if you could speak Spanish, it's, there's a plus. I mean, when I worked years ago as a pharmacy tech, I was working with that AIDS medication at Crixivan um, when it was first released. And we had a lot of people come, you know, we had bilingual people and like, I don't know if you call it customer service, but, you know, I was a pharmacy tech, but I was also taking calls and things. And we had a chart where if one, if somebody came in speaking Spanish, that there were certain phrases that I could say, and they weren't, they weren't spelled out the proper way just for pronunciation, pronunciation, you know, to say, you know, uno momento, you know, to hold on a moment, or, you know, I can't remember, but I would read them off and then transfer them somewhere else. And, you know, I had a year of it in my freshman year in um, high school, and and I had a I had a terrible teacher. It was such a hassle. <laughs> I mean, he was I could go into some stories about him with things that he, you know, he was just a jerk and he would assign like three, four hours of homework every night wow. for just for just an elective. And I never did, you know, I was able to do some basic communications and stuff, but um, you know, I know probably about 20 or 30 words. That's not going to do me any good. <laughs> well, I, t- I took four years of Spanish in, in school, but you know, if you don't use it all the time and you don't speak it all the time, it just kind of goes away. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not like riding a bike where you can just pick it right back up again. I mean, I can probably understand it more than I can speak it, but when um, you and I, I mean, you might remember the story when you and I were 21 and living in Florida and selling swing pools. And I once sold a, a swing pool to a family that didn't speak any English they only spoke Spanish, but they understood English and I could understand Spanish, but I couldn't speak Spanish that well, even though I just had four years of it in high school. And so I was saying things in English and they could understand me and they were saying things back to me in Spanish and I could somewhat understand them. And it was pretty wild. And I ended up selling them a pool. I mean, so <laughs> if that's bilingual, then <laughs> it served me well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Nowadays, at least, if you had a basic command, you could talk it into your phone and hit translate and at least be able to function, right. like asking for where the bath closest bathroom is. Ah, that's or, cheating. Yeah, or yeah, but doesn't matter if I gotta get, if I have to really go to the bathroom and nobody's understanding me, I'm gonna give that a shot. You know? <laughs> and, um, I wanted to learn Japanese. I wanted to learn a different language. It was funny because my my daughter Sarah and I first started uh, learning Hawaiian together. And she started first learning it. I'm like, oh, I want to learn Hawaiian too. So we were doing it, but we kind of both gave up at the same time. Um, the, the thing is, like I said, with, with Duolingo, I hope that like as you advance in the, the program that um, like you start like knowing like what I'm saying and, and like in sentences. Right now I'm learning words. Right. And mm-hmm. I guess eventually you could put the words together. But Japanese is pretty cool because like all their symbols make sounds and you string them together to make a word. Mm-hmm. And so like when you look at Japanese writing, you're like, oh, it's just like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It looks like a bunch of, you know, cool art artwork or something like that. But each word makes the same sound. So it's not like English where like you could have, you know, bear right. And, and uh, th- there's a. A bear in the backyard, right? There are two different bears. 
um, or I'm bare naked and you know what I mean? Whatever. Right. I couldn't bear it. Uh, they all sound like bear, but they're all spelled differently. Or we have like long A's and short A's and long O's and, and whatever. The, the symbols are the symbols. So whatever sound the symbol makes, that's the sound it makes in the word. So it's actually simple when you put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's just knowing what the sim what what sound the symbols make. Knowing, like, so when you hear a word, you know. I see that's that's the thing that's I'm going to have a hard time with. I know I'm going to be able to to probably like speak Japanese, but maybe not understand Japanese. <laughs> hey, if you did some, I, <laughs> all you needed some some ba- basic words if you had to function like help, stop, right. hi. Well, right now I'm just on the basics. I've only been doing it for a few weeks. So I'm sure hopefully that if I keep it up that, uh, who knows, maybe in a couple of years, I'll be speaking rudimentary Japanese. So that if I ever do get to go to Japan and watch Sasuke live in person, which is on my bucket list, um, I'll be able to say, uh, uh, hi, which is yes. Konnichiwa, which is, uh, hello. And Ohio, which is good morning, <laughs> stuff like that. See, so, I can do that too. I just go. Right. Yeah, but you'd be like going hi, and it'd be like, hi. They'd be like, go like and all you're saying is yes. When you say hi, it's yes. Yeah, I, so, I just go like this. Right. Okay. Just or, wave. I can right. do that too. Just bow, bow to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, enough of that. <clears throat> so um, to be topical i just wanted to talk for a brief moment about the news that came out today about uh alec baldwin did you hear about that yeah i saw i in fact um was it yeah i guess it was like around 11 o'clock at a tv on behind me while i was putting together some emails and they broke in i'm thinking it's probably going to be something about one of the snowfall or a storm or something (laughs) like that and i you know i didn't think it was going to have you know i've not that I forgot about that whole case, but I surely threw me off that that would be what they would actually cut in to right. national broadcasts for. Doesn't I can see like if somebody's being bombed. Right? Yeah, somebody's being bombed or there's some tornado hitting somewhere. Or unfortunately, a lot of times when they do that anymore, it's about some active shooter that they're trying to get a hold of or something like that. And I didn't, I just thought that was a little, what, well, I guess if you're the family, I mean, it's a different story, but for that to break through all the major networks, you know, for them to stop programming for that. It's a you shame. Know, I, I just mean, thought, uh, go ahead. I, I, the whole, the whole situation is, a, is just sad, you know, it's I mean, very sad. Yeah. It's, and it's messed up because someone's at fault for it. And um, now they had a pretty lengthy, um, I don't know if you want to call it a trial or a hearing or whatever. Uh, before the judge made this ruling. Um, so it wasn't, there was no rush to the judgment on him. And, um, you know, I, 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 in my thoughts, I mean, other than OJ, I mean, even with OJ, uh, you know, it seems like if you're a celebrity, you kind of get the benefit of the doubt almost, you know what I mean? For some reason. And you sh- although you shouldn't, so, but they they were saying that um, the reason they're going to appeal is because that there was a, it was like a, a botched investigation and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, because of the nature of this, wouldn't there be more care involved in the uh, investigation and than it being rushed? 
I would think that you would, you would take a little bit more time to make sure you get this right because of the, you know, what's at stake. Well, I mean, that's their legal defense. You got to figure his, his attorneys are going to be better. Just like we were talking about OJ Simpson, his attorneys are going to be better than whatever the state or whoever it is. It's the appointed attorneys, unfortunately, you know, it's just like a drug dealer who, who ends up, you know, getting busted for something that has a mandatory 25 or 30 year sentence, you know, they get a public defender. That's what ends up happening. They're probably going to get 25 years, if, right. especially if they had priors. But if not, you spend some serious bucks for an attorney that very well goes down to five years, you know, so. Um, well, this, this carries, I think they said 18 months and a $5,000 fine. Like that to me sounds like a slap on the wrist. No, there's actually, yeah, but there's actually, there was, because I turned up the volume when I, I was able to turn up the volume when I came on on ABC. Guy's last name, he's an attorney. Abrams is his last name. Blonde haired guy. And he, I'm going to tell you what, that guy is, when he talks about something, more times than not, he's he's right. I mean, he really knows the whole, you know, whether you like what he says or not, he's usually right and there's something they could there's also something else tied into it where it could it could actually be a five-year mandatory sentence he was mm. saying now right. what to prove all that who knows what's going to happen do i think that he's going to serve five years in prison no can i see him serving a short period of time the 18 months and getting out somehow in six or eight months yeah i could i could see that i could see that but do you do you think his happen. appeal will go through though i don't see i don't think that he can appeal to the, to the cows come home they um they wouldn't have came down with this judgment if they didn't already prove that the negligence was on his part it buys them time though Maybe. you know and that's and that's the thing and i don't know there's got to be more to it than that how did how does something with a how does a bullet somehow get in the whole mix that there's just something there's more i just think so, there's more to it than 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 they're, they're saying you would well, think there there would have to be a lie someone would have had to have planted it in there to either um frame him or to kill helena or um i don't know I mean, how does a live bullet even get on the set? They're not, there's not even supposed to be live bullets on the set. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, that's the crazy thing. And I, and look, I'm not an Alec Baldwin fan. I'm not, I'm right? not, you know, I mean, he probably wouldn't be a bad guy if he didn't have such an anger management issue. Cause he's, <laughs> I'm serious because there's so, yeah. there's so many things that he did, like all his Capital One commercials, he did only for some charity and he had the checks written right to them. He didn't even get into the middle of using it for tax purposes and, and things like that. But when you got those guys like that, that have that terrible anger management problem and they just blow up on anything, they go on a tangent and they, and are, and it, you know, they're idiots. It's, it's like Mel Gibson when he goes off. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm, I, I feel bad for him just because I can't imagine what it would be like to do something when you, all you thought you were doing was you're, you know, doing a scene and somebody get somebody dies. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I can't, I'd, I'd rather been the person that got shot and killed than be on the other side. I have to live with that the rest of my, 
rest of my life. And I, you know, I feel bad for the, especially for the, for the family of hers. I mean, it's just, it's awful. It's one, it's one thing when somebody lives a long life and you know, they died of a heart attack or they, uh-huh. you know, had cancer and they, six months later, they passed away and they're in their eighties, you know, and if they lived a good life, but when somebody's young like that, I mean, just a kid basically. And it's just, it's just sad, you know, for, it was, she, she's married too, right? I think she was so, married. Yeah. I mean, for a spouse, you know, her husband, it just, I don't know, man, how do you, how do you move on from, from that? It's sad, but whatever has to happen, hopefully whatever happens is exactly all the facts are, are correct. And there's nothing yeah. left out or anything. If whoever's has to, you know, whatever legally and what, where things really lie actually occurs that way. And that's it. I mean, it's just the, you know, unfortunately, a person's not alive anymore. And that's the, there's just no way that's going to come out good. I mean, there's never going to be a good ending to it now. You well, know. just as we, we said, you know, I mean, we're not fans of Alec Baldwin, but that, I mean, that doesn't mean I want like there to be the wrong judgment on him. I want whatever judgment is on him, it should be the correct judgment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if he's, I mean, there was a lot of other actors at the time. That said that he is 100% responsible for making sure that that, uh, that that gun was not like had the proper, um, was rigged properly. And so it just seemed to me like right from the get go that Alec Baldwin was trying to shift the blame immediately. And that might have been, but that might have been legal at some, somebody, some attorney might have been in his ear telling him that too. It doesn't, matter. Be it doesn't matter. Then he should have kept his lips shut. He shouldn't have been saying anything instead of trying to blame someone else. He should have just yeah. said, I'm going to let the investigation, uh, you know, take place. And, and, you know, you'll see that I, uh, that I'm innocent or whatever. Um, but there's other actors coming out and saying, you know, that, that use guns in movies all the time and just say, look, it's part of the routine when you're an actor that you go through that with the, with the coordinator, you check the, the, the firearm, you go through it before you even, before you even think about using it. So it's not just on someone else to hand you an, uh, a, a gun loaded with blanks. It's up to you to go over it with them and make sure that. Yeah, I under- is, no, is I understand. Correct. I understand all that. You know, I mean, he didn't intentionally do anything there harm anyone but well, he didn't intentionally do it, which yeah. is why it's it's an involuntary manslaughter because yeah. he was negligent in his actions that caused the death of someone else and that's why I mean, it's involuntary manslaughter yeah it comes down to lazy you think that well geez we've been doing this for days words how's it going to be a bullet I, I think it's just ridiculous at this point that they're still using guns that could fire bullets you know frankly yeah, I well, mean, like why put anything in there because everything like even like the i guess the, for realism whatever but the uh i mean like with with cg effects i mean it's so easy to put muzzle fire on it i mean I, i've done it before you know my workplace and so just working on a video you put a muzzle fire on the end of a gun it looks real with smoke and everything and it's it's not that hard to do so um, yeah i anyways. mean especially nowadays with geez you you go to a store and a kid's gun how realistic it looks. Oh, i just think that that they should after this i don't even think they should that's it there should be no real guns on a set come up with something else with all the technology that there is so it's an extra added step or not who you know hey it prevent look at which is this situation that happened do you want to be tied in that do you want to live the rest of your life being part of that even though it was an accident not me not me Yeah. yeah time to move on i guess all right, so on a little lighter note, let's uh let's boast about a few things. So cue it up. 
Wobble boast. Now, uh, I'll let you go first this time. You, you you have something to boast about. I've got something something short to boast about. But go yeah, unfor- unfortunately, I I didn't do anything with this microphone to be able to switch it over. I was just I didn't even think about it until you brought it up because I generally forget about it. But I had this because I'm down here in my music room, and I just bought this thing back in December. And so Sweet. let me get this off here. This is a this is a, probably not going to sound good through here. This is a Martin single O. 18 series 18 series is one of their standard series models one of the originals from years ago they started making this again a few years ago it's a parlor size guitar it's a small body guitar that has a shorter scale on it fits great sitting on the couch and things like that has a nice full sound for how small it is it's all of course 100 wood spruce top mahogany sides and back um i do believe that's mahogany i have a cape on there i was messing around with the song and um yeah it's 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 really nice and i bought this for actually this would be great for me even performing because it's small there's big dreadnoughts like i can't like on a christmas video i can't i'm too small of a guy for that this i bought this because it's you know uh it's i could sit on my couch or anywhere you know in inside of tune with this cape on it even know if that's coming through or not yeah but, i mean it, the sustain oh, yeah. for as little rich. as for as little as this bo- the body is mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's f- fantastic this would have been great recording my ep out probably live performance if you're playing with somebody else even with a pickup in it probably not your your best guitar for because it's gonna it's not gonna have that booming sound of a big body guitar but for a song they're getting popular these little they call it parlor guitar because this body's small if i i don't feel like going over there and grabbing it with this connected to me but i'd show you like a like a a, a triple o which is just three o's or three zero i guess it would be considered three zeros and how much bigger the body is even though it's still small and i'm going to tell you this the way they built this thing it's amazing how full sounding it is for being a for being a small guitar and it would have been great in the studio on my ep because sometimes those like big body guitars are booming too much and the studio picks up too much low end and this just has a nice sweet sound to it and i wasn't i was looking to buy one and uh i was looking at used and i was on um on reverb.com which is a music sort of the music ebay all it is is musical instruments and amps and that and i was looking at one of these they were new and i just put a marker on it and the company came back to me and they gave me and they made me an offer on a guitar it was brand new and took 500 dollars off of it wow. which in today's times that's about as low as anybody go it's advertised everywhere if you'd gone to guitar center or something like it had been like 500 or maybe 550 more than this and then of course i end up winning that guitar all the way in the back <laughs> from them because right. i i started following them afterwards and i had to get and i won this uh les paul special all the way in the back that's an $1,800 guitar and it was uh, like a week later they're having a contest where it's like hey guess the weight of this guitar down at a tenth of an ounce and you, you win this guitar for free uh, it's all yours <laughs> shipping everything everything's included and I started doing research on 
couple sites on well, I know what they average weigh, but you know, with wood, everything could change. It could be right. up to three quarters of a pound heavier or lighter. And I came up with what I thought would be an average and it and I was the only one actually that got it right, not just first, but the only one. And then they sent me that, which I almost for what that costs, almost ate up, you know, gave me this one for free. You know, so it worked out. <laughs> it, and that guitar is phenomenal back here, too. It's a great. If I maybe next time what I'll do, I'll set up backward or I'll have a microphone set where I could run that through an amplifier and uh, play it a little bit. A little jamming. Yeah. Hell yeah. So for anybody that's uh, interested in a guitar like that, what's, uh, you know, the MSRP on that sucker? On which one? On this the one, one. one you're talking about. Yeah. My, my Martin. Yeah, your Martin. This will run you twenty about twenty seven ninety nine. Twenty seven ninety nine. Okay. Unless you buy it off eBay, right? Or nope. what's, what's the music eBay? Uh reverb.com. Reverb.com. Um, what you have to do, they're not allowed to advertise specials that, that cheap. And your best bet is to ask them for probably a quote. Nobody's gonna give you if you're going to buy a Martin guitar that's brand new, unless it's already on sale at Guitar Center, your best bet's to go to one of the other authorized uh, Martin dealers, a smaller company. It's not a franchise, and ask them for ask them for a quote because they will discount that Guitar Center or any of the big retailers unless they put it up for sale they're not gonna you go in there and you ask for that you're gonna end up paying twenty eight hundred dollars if you go somewhere else depends on your situation the size of the company um they're gonna you, you could get probably up to 20 percent off it used to be 30 percent, but now with the whole thing after COVID and everything like that they don't there's such a big increase in guitar sales and martin was closed on for a while here in pennsylvania so all everything got backed up you know, and right. started, I sold a couple of my Martins because they were selling, nobody could, you couldn't get them. And you might wait for six or eight months because they ran out of them, the handmade instruments, you know, and um, I sold them for close to what, what they were new. And I bought them used at a great price a couple of years earlier. But yeah, definitely mel Melody Music in Indiana. I mean, they're a huge dealer for Martin, Gibson, a lot of other brands. And they're really nice people. Uh, they have a website you can see everything on there and hey you buy a martin from indiana and if you live in pennsylvania there's a problem as long as you submit your warranty card in there's places right right in your own neighborhood anybody who's an authorized martin dealer could do the lifetime warranty repairs on them so you don't have to send them back to you know doesn't matter where you bought it from oh well um <clears throat> i i i, I could boast about um, uh, Dumit cigars, but I think that would uh, be considered pandering to our guest coming up. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that later with when Chris is on the show. Um, but speaking of cigars, I uh, when I was in the wine and spirits, I saw a, a bottle of uh, old vine Zinfandale called Cigar. That's the brand was called Cigar, and I'm like, well, that can't be good, you know. But it was like 16 bucks for the bottle. I'm like, well, that's about average. It was in from Lodi, California. I'm like, okay, well, that's lining up. It just seemed weird that like they would call it cigar and have it be any like decent or something like that. Because it, like it, it, 
it would seem gimmicky, you know what I mean? To say, let's call our cigars because you could pair it with a cigar or whatever. But it was actually pretty good wine. It was actually um, um, pretty decent Zinfandel. Um, I would I would say that I would recommend getting it. I'm not going to move it to the top of my list of my favorite uh, old vine Zins, but I would highly recommend uh, at least trying it out. Um, Does it have like some said, sweetness it, it, to it? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a Zin, you know what I mean? So it's a little oaky. It's a, it's bold. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's got some fruitiness to it, but not powerful. It's, you know, it's, it's more bold than it is fruity. Um, so, but, um, I would recommend it. Uh, it's like I said, because it kind of, uh, surprised me that it would be kind of as good as it was because I wasn't expecting too much from it. So anyways, so that's all I got to boast about right now. So let's end the segment. Rebel boast. All right. Um, so I want to talk about just one other thing. Um, so, you know, we talked about before that um, uh, we're, we're people listen to us in 13 different countries around the world, which is kind of cool. But we do have a large audience in, in Pittsburgh. So I just wanted to talk just for a couple of minutes because, uh, you know, we got Chris coming up here soon um, <clears throat> about the Steelers decision to, to keep Matt Canada on. And I've got some. Thoughts I was going to talk that. to you about that. Let me before you even go into that. I go had ahead. a feeling that was going to happen because we we were at uh was it is it Jer- Jernigans or Jernig- Jernigans Jernigans and we watched and we watched the last Steeler game. Right. And on the way home, I'm on my way home in my car and I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to a little bit of the post game show and i can't remember i don't think it was the dv when it was on 93.7 a fan and they were already talking about how how well the offense came around the second half of the season and how now it's probably now we're starting to see the great results from matt Canada. <laughs> so i knew that that was probably and and all they do, you know i knew that that's probably what's going to happen now they're going to they're going to judge the second half of the season where we only played one team with a winning, right, with record, a winning record, right? And we, we probably would have lost that game if their backup quarterback wasn't there and screwed up at the end. So right. that's what they're going to judge things off. Yeah, the team did get better and started gelling, and the offensive line did better than that. But look at the level of talent from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. All of our losses. I tell you, those were the teams, except for one. Well. We did be we did lose to them once, you know, but with a winning record. Right. Well, here's my thoughts on this. Um, I, when I first saw an, an article come out that said that um, they said, "Is Byron Leftwich going to be the Steelers' new offensive coordinator?" And yeah, I, I said, that. "Well, I said that would be cool." I said because that would be uh, one step closer to him probably getting the head coaching job. And then shortly after, they make the announcement about Matt Canada, and we all know that Matt Canada is just Tomlin's puppet, right? So I think that Tomlin didn't want him in there because it's, you know, it'd be one step closer to getting him out. And not only that, but I don't think that left, which would have been his puppet. Um, So my guess is that behind the scenes, the Steelers might have told Tomlin that they're not going to extend his contract. So why finish out the season? Um bringing on somebody that's not going to be your puppet and someone that possibly could take your place. 
I don't know. Like I said, that's just my guess on why they why they decided to keep him. I think he went to bat for him and just said, you know, probably told him all the same things that you're t- saying, which was what they said on the radio. And um, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Tomlin's got one more year on his contract. They they if they I think if they were going to extend it, they probably would have done it immediately after the season. Um, and they didn't. So my my guess is possibly the Steelers are are looking to move on after 2023. But maybe I guess I guess time will will tell. Uh, I, I could be totally wrong. It'll come July and something like that. And they'll say, oh, well, Tomlin's been extended for five more years or something stupid like that. And like, ah, and we're stuck with this bonehead. Look, I like it's not like the Tomlin is a horrible coach. And he's just not a great coach. He's not as great as people think he is. Like, so we have one playoff win in the last 12 years. And that's like, I know, and, and we are in the still in the times where it's what have you done for me lately, right? Um, truly, he pulled something out of his butt this year by not having a losing season. So he's never had a losing season. But it's fine. Like, it's like you get to the dance, but then what do you do once you get there? You just forget all about your date and you just go start drinking or something like that. You just, you don't care. You, you only care, cared about getting to the dance. You don't care about the actual dance itself or the date that, that you brought there. And, and that's, that's not the signs of a good coach. You know, the only accomplishments he's ever had has were, were with Cowers team. And I don't know. I, we, you and I beat this to death, but just for the people out there listening, uh, I'm just going on record to say that Tomlin you know, for all of you apologists, Tomlin apologists, <clears throat> I, I get it. I know why you love the guy. I know why you, you're you're into him and why you think he's a great coach or whatever. But I'm saying the data and the stats don't back that up. I'm, I'm a data and stats guy. I'm looking at the numbers. And just because you have winning seasons time after time after time after time doesn't mean boo in the NFL. It's what do you do to get to the postseason? And then what do you do once you get to the postseason? And more often than not, obviously, only one time in the last 12 years, they only advanced past the first round. Now, that's one time in 12 years. They haven't made it to the playoffs all 12, all, all 12 of those years. So, you know, again, I don't know. That's that's my thoughts on that. So <clears throat> anyways, we're I, I need to really uh, take care of my throat here and uh, uh, before Chris comes on. So we're going to take a short little break. I'm going to uh, power up my. uh <laughs> my voice here and we'll be back with uh, gold rushes chris dumit we had to fight for this stuff it wasn't just an easy yeah league. and we did see gold in the upper mats you want to see the rest of it yeah i want to see how we did okay here we go ready mitch time to find out if dumit's plant fix worked it's gonna go quick all right 20 40 50 330 337.45. Worth over $600,000. I like that a lot better. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot better. That's four times what we got on our first cleanup. You know, so if you can keep that plant running. Keep your mouth shut. Be saying that too loud, that thing will hear you. It's got a mind of its own. You shut your mouth. <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> and welcome back to Blabberbrain Show. My throat is still hoarse, but we are so excited to welcome our next guest, Chris Dumit from Gold Rush. Let's give him a big round of applause. Yeah. Thank you, man. Good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. 
Yeah, Chris. I mean, I tell you what, um, I've been watching you on TV for for a long time right now. Um, I'm so glad you got to come on our show here because, you know, there's a lot of people to not get attached to on gold rush. Let's put it that way to be mild, right? There's, <laughs> there's some people you want to pull for some people you don't want to pull for, but I think the, the most consistent uh, cast member is uh, Chris Dumit, to be honest with oh. you. And oh. I, I don't okay. know if that's because that um, you and I are, are a lot alike. Um, I think if we were neighbors, we'd probably be hanging out or something. I mean, uh, I love cigars. I love wine. Um, you know, I, I we're both bald. You know, yeah. I love the golf. You love the golf. I mean, there's just <laughs> the, we we share a lot of the same uh, passions together. So, but um, you know, I don't want to make this. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Gold Rush coming up. But um, you know, I I want to get. You don't do a whole lot of interviews, first of all, do you? No, no, I no. don't. Uh, I look for. Being on TV as much as I am, I actually have a pretty private life. Not that I'm against doing interviews and stuff. It's just that um, I'm not really one of the big players like Parker, Tony, you know, Mitch. He's getting in there now. So I just uh, I keep a little profile. Well, that's what we we're, we're blessed to even have you on and thank, thankful that you're doing that. And like I said, I, I like to have guests on the show that I am interested in knowing more about and asking questions and stuff. And my th thought process is if I'm interested, then possibly other people will be interested yeah. in as, as well. So, um, so, you know, we know how you got on Gold Rush uh, with, with Todd Hoffman's crew and of all things, you're just building a cabin for him or whatever. Yeah. But um, what I want to know is leading up to that point, um, what was Chris Dumit doing? How did you even, you know, get involved with the Hoffman crew before that? Like, what what was life for Chris Dumit before Gold Rush? A lot calmer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a furniture cabinet maker for uh, several years and a plant carpenter uh, for 32 years. And... I retired at 55 and I was just messing with the house, fixing up the kitchen for my daughter. When, uh, one of the original cast members, Greg Rimsberg, mm -hmm. I know his dad and his dad got a hold of me and asked if I would go up to Alaska on his nickel and build a cabin for Greg and his family. Okay. So, you know what, what sportsman wouldn't love to go to Alaska. And so right. it was supposed to take 10 days and, uh, all the materials were there. When we got there, the materials were there, but they were still standing with limbs on them. So we had to find a <laughs> sawyer to set up all this lumber. And he wasn't the most, didn't have the best work ethic in the world. So instead of taking like 10 days, it took uh, almost 10 weeks. Oh, wow. And by the time I finished up the cabin and I was kind of intermingling with the production guys and such, and um, I came home. And the next day, production called it fast if I was coming back. And, oh, I'm all done with the cabin. <laughs> like who you are, you know, and the Hoffmans oh. need somebody because Jimmy Dorsey had just left. Right. And they needed to fill that void. So I packed up a bag and uh, took off and went to the MSHAW, the mining safety classes for the state and joined the Hoffmans and. That was 13 years ago. So I got to be retired for about three when all this started. <laughs> well, I mean, so, you know, you're, I'd see you in like a lot of the big equipment, uh, you know, trucks and stuff like that. Uh, did you have any prior experience to, to running that big equipment? 
Well, I, uh, I grew up on a farm. I was fostered out to a farm. So tractors, big trucks, stuff like that, I was pretty familiar with. At work, uh, I would drive forklifts every now and then. So that the, the loaders, the S, um, you know, those are pretty much like a forklift. Right. And that's what, that's what I started in was loaded with the Hoffmans. And then you just don't stay in one job. You, you always have to progress and move up. And so I, I moved from a, a loader to an excavator and you don't want to, you don't want me in a dozer. No, <laughs> no, that's that not good. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I can do yeah, a lot of damage. I, I say that because, well, I mean, now, obviously you've been doing it for so many years, like when, when, you know, you're, you're in there, you just seem like it's like so comfortable for you and so natural for you to be, be in the big ma machines, even though you don't do that all the time because you, you know, you're in the cleanup room. But, um, so that's why I just didn't know if you like what kind of background you had in that or anything like that. But, uh, yeah. so you, you had no mining experience, much like Todd Hoffman, you had no mining experience before going up there to join him. No, I had no idea what gold mining was about, but it was, oh. uh, like, most people, I always like learning things, right. and um, it was a challenge. And I was in the heavy equipment with both the Hoffmans and with Parker, and I messed up my back. I actually had to have back surgery, which yeah, got that. me out of the heavy equipment. That's what got me into the gold room. Okay. And the challenge for me is recovering every little flake. Uh, you know, uh, I try to get just every flake we can possibly get, and that's I enjoy doing that. It's easier oh, on the back. Well, where where did you like refine your uh, techniques with that? Because I'm assuming that if you don't have a good cleanup guy or girl, that yeah. you're gonna. I mean, there's you could be losing a large. I mean, a fair percent. I mean, even even half of a percent or a half of a half a percent is a lot of money. Whenever you're talking about yeah. gold mining, so yeah. like your job is extremely important to make sure you're getting all of the gold. So where did you learn to, to refine your techniques? You know, it's just, it's trial and error. Um, all the mines that you see on TV, except for maybe Fred Lewis, we all have right. the same cleanup equipment. It's just, <laughs> you know, who, who works at the best. And I've mm -hmm. always experimented. I'm sure I lost a lot of gold learning how to re recover gold. Right. But some of those mines up there, they'll lose three, four, up to 7% of their gold. Wow. And, uh, wow. That's a we, lot. Yeah. We we lose uh, less than one one thousandth of 1%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, 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 saying who, you're probably the, the best cleanup guy our, up there, right? Yeah. The guy who, there's a guy Worth your weight in gold. Pardon? Worth your weight in gold. Oh. Uh, not that much. <laughs> Believe me, I get fat in the winter. Um, there's a guy that comes around all the mines up there, and, and he buys a scrap out of the gold rooms, and the miners get a, a percentage back. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, I, I really think you and your wife and kids should go to Hawaii. I just don't want to pay for it. And by refining my cleanup techniques, you know, it's – He's not real crazy about getting our scrap now. I'm kind of proud of that. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, <clears throat> sorry, we're, I don't mean to bounce back and forth, but yeah, bounce. Um, what, what, like, I, I know, I know how you ended up on Parker's team, 
it was probably from referral from Greg, correct? Uh, one, once more, please. Like, when, whenever, whenever you joined Parker's team, uh-huh. um, it was probably what around season three or four, somewhere around there. Three. Three. Yeah, I think four, four. Oh, yeah, you're right. Four, four, four. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but other than stating the obvious, why, why did you part with the Hoffman crew? Well, the Hoffmans were going to go to South America. Mm-hmm. And I saw that as a total disaster before they <laughs> good, even went. Good call. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, my, my original intent was to help the Hoffmans become successful miners, to learn how to mine and support them as much as I could. And when they left the Yukon, they were actually pretty good. It wasn't the best ground that they had, mm-hmm. but they had a pretty good uh, recovery rate. So I thought, well, between that, they don't need me. And I wasn't real fond about going to South America. I decided, well, I'm done. They don't need me. I'm going to retire. Right. And so I almost did. And just just like the the godfather, you know, every time you try to get out, they pull you back in, right? (laughs) Starting to feel like a professional football player. (laughs) Keep trying to retire. Right. So, well, I guess that begs another question. If it weren't for the show, um, would you be doing this? Would I be mining if it, if it wasn't for the show? Yeah. Oh, I, I think so. I flat out love what I do. I mm-hmm. really do. It's just, it's so fun. And the challenge of trying to get all that gold, you know, right. keep the scrap weight way down. Um, I have to stay busy. I would probably drive my wife crazy if I was home all summer. <laughs> I mean, she probably barely puts up with me for the six months I am home. Right. So I'm well, saving my marriage. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. Well, plus, I mean, I think they, you know, even though you're, you're called out into the field every now and then, mm-hmm. um, you're pretty much refined to the gold room. Correct. So, uh, and boy, what a sweet setup you got there. You got their little island out there that you practice your chipping and stuff like that. So uh, you, you say so you don't get rusty there. Um, but, you know, I'm assuming there's no golf courses up there. So <laughs> There's, there's um, one. There's one. Yeah, top of the world golf course out of Dawson City. You play in the yeah. snow or what? We. <laughs> well, no, it, uh, it can get pretty chilly, but um, you know you got to watch out for bears. It's kind of wooded, and there's an air of horns that scare the moose off the fairway. It's it's kind of cool. The last tea time is at 9 p.m. because we have the 24 hour yeah. daylight. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, the gold room, our original gold room was just a wall tent right. and it finally collapsed. So Parker gave me the okay to build that the one, the gold room you see now. So I built that and then, um, I built that floating green and we have floating golf balls. There's a, a dartboard down there. There's a canoe, uh, radio controlled boats. You probably see those on the wall behind us. Right. It, I try to make it a playground for the kids, but <laughs> I call you. them kids are 20, you. 30 year olds. Right. 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 But, uh, you know, those, we work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we don't get huge blocks of time off. So right. I try to make that gold room area kind of a R and R. Well, you, that's the other thing too. I mean, you can, it, it's kind of hard to fake some of the, um, uh, 
adoration that the rest of the team has towards you whenever you're doing the 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 weekly way and stuff like that um you almost are like are like a father figure around the 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 mind there i think um so did that was that like almost like you're like how the way you saw it like i'm gonna uh, you know, you, I know your personality, you've got that great personality. So is that just natural that everybody just kind of like gravitated that way? Or is that just what you naturally do? Like, Hey, I'm going to be the life of the party or, you know, people just, you know, whatever, I'm not going to piss anybody off or whatever. I mean, how, like, was that anticipated on your end or were, well, were you like, Hey, this is Parker. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I didn't volunteer or try to play that role. But there again, these are a lot of young men and women. We've got a lot of young ladies up there. Right. And my wife and I have two kids, but we help raise about eight others. You know, wow. and um, it's, it's a hard life. People don't realize just how hard of a life that mining is. Right. Not, the, not just the work, but the life. You're, you're in a camp. You know, you, you don't <laughs> see other people. So it almost becomes like a, a family environment. And the tighter you can make that family environment, the more the the crew looks out for each other and they help each other out like a family would, brothers and sisters would. So if you can create that environment, you get a lot better work environment also. Well, after um, – uh, and it's okay. I know you probably want to be modest with this answer, but it's okay not to be. But after Parker's grandfather passed away, um, do you think that, like, you played a, a, a role in his maturing? Because he has matured over the years, and especially after his grandfather passed. Do you think you played uh, a decent role in that? You know, I probably did. Um, there again, I didn't try to, and there's no way – no way on this planet I could possibly ever replace Grandpa John. I mean, right. the the bond between grandson and grandfather, I've never mm. seen one as strong as that before in my life. It was just yeah. totally amazing. But Parker was young, and I think he needed a shoulder to lean on. And there's a, another person in our camp that a lady that almost plays like a mother role. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's a great help too. And I think between the two of us, we kind of helped him with some hurdles. Yeah. Well, he's definitely uh, grown up, matured, and now he's, yeah. you know, got one of the biggest operations up there. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable um, how he's uh, not just grown as a person, but grown the, uh, the operations up there is just, just, yeah. uh, you know, outstanding, amazing. And, uh, you know, from what I, it, you don't get to see behind the scenes and stuff like that along when, 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 when Christo goes up there, he's more interested in just talking to individuals and the teams and stuff like this without going deep into behind the scenes. But, um, the, um, the, 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 the team as a team, um, you, you guys look solid. You guys look like you love working with each other. I mean, I know you, you sometimes don't have a choice cause you're there for so long with each other, but is that, is that we, honest? Is that true? I mean, you guys yeah. really are, are that like close of a bond. We have a tremendous bond up there. Honestly, honestly, I feel tied to those kids as my own kids. Wow. And I think they feel the same way. We have a core group. We have a, 
Mitch and Tyson and myself and Parker and a couple of, you know, that's the core group. And uh, we are super tight. Right. When somebody first comes into camp their first year or so, you know, we accept them and everything, but we're going to see how well, they, how well they fit. Right. And in, in the, that business up there and in the environment that we work in, your skills as a machine operator are almost secondary to your ability to get along with the rest of the crew. Right. You don't fit. If you don't have that personality, if you don't have that work ethic, that attitude, you could be the best operator in the country and you're down the road. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, so it's very, what you see is, is very true. They're just like family. We have, you know, a little, uh, disagreements we'll call them, but mm -hmm. I was just going to ask you about that. If there was any time behind the scenes where things have gotten really heated that, you know, we don't get to see on, on screen. You know, if, if I've never seen a really heated or throw a punch type of deal, um, if anything, it, it might, and it's never, the ones I've seen have never been over personality. It has been over the job you did or didn't do. Right. Okay. Yeah. But it's the, the verbally attack someone else. No, uh, they don't last long. Hmm. Well, I know that, um, you know, the mining is the mining and they're and the, the, film crew is there to try to capture all the, the that's going on behind the scenes with 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 mining and um but then there's also also a lot of interplay between the the mine bosses like you know with parker and tony or you know when rick was on the show or or fred you know and tony and stuff like this how much of that is like played up by the producers saying, Hey, we need a moment here, whatever that's outside of gold mining. That's whatever, some sort of personal connection or a fight or a feud. Is any of that like, like pushed by the producers? No, no. I mean, you know, and that's one thing. A lot of people think it's scripted um, either by action or by verbal, but it's not, you know, they just, they stand back and they watch things happen. They might dramatize it, um, on narration on the show, you know, right. if you break a track, mm -hmm. well, it might be the end of the season, the end of the world. <laughs> Everybody breaks track, man. Right, right. Um, right. It's a, it's a, a, a way of life, you know, um, all the plant ro broke down and, you know, he's losing 4,000 ounces of gold. We didn't lose it. It's, right. I mean, it's in the ground, right? <laughs> right. So it's, it's the way that they, they word it, but right. Every stupid thing you see, every stupid thing you hear, that's us, man. That, that is us. We don't need help. Yeah, that's. I mean, Maddie Blake said the same thing about uh, the Curse of Oak Island. He says, you know, the, the Laginas wouldn't have done the show if if they were being told what to say, when to say it, and stuff like that. So he's whatever you see there is is what's going on. You know what right. I mean? So, um, so that's well, cool to know. Yes, product productions number one rule when they come in is they cannot interfere with our mining. So for us, mining is number one, TV is number two. If production goes away, if gold rush goes away, you could rerun the seasons for the future because that's right. what we're going to be doing. We're going to be breaking tracks, blowing hydraulic lines <laughs> you know, right. and, and mining. 
Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, that's, and you guys often uh, break the fourth wall where, you know, you see some of the guys like yelling at the cameraman, Hey, get back, get out of the way, whatever, you know what I mean? Whenever there's an emergency or something like that. Right. And right. Um, so, you know, you, 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 they're doing the best job that they can trying to capture as much as they can, but yeah, I can see where they could probably sometimes get in the way of, 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 of and they, they, they do, you know, trying to get that shot. And a lot of these production guys, um, our studio cameramen and sound guys, they've, they've never been in the field. So <laughs> when, a, when a new camera person, when new production people come in, they go through safety classes. They don't realize that when you're in the loader, you can't see the first 20 feet behind you. You know, right. they just walk behind it like a Sakaar. Um, right. Yeah, they, they go through safety classes. Um a lot of times we're not wearing sunglasses because when they move around in the cut, we have to make eye contact. Right. You know, you wave to guys and an, an operator, the operator waves back to the cameraman, which means now we see each other with sunglasses. You can't see that uh, eye contact. Right. So it's um, when we are wearing glasses, more than likely it's a GoPro. They have hundreds of girl Go GoPros. It seems like everywhere. Oh, yeah. Looks like they'll waste some GoPros too whenever they need to just to get shots and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, um, I, I hear I hear they lose about nineteen of them a season. <laughs> they average about nineteen GoPros a season. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever it takes to get the shot, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. Well, let's transition to uh, uh, to Dumont Cigars. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a customer of Dumont cigars. I, I, oh. I, I buy them. I enjoy them, especially the, I just bought a batch of D10, D10. Well, thanks for your support. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, um, but whose idea was that? I mean, you're, you're smoking cigars all the time. Somebody, whether it be you or someone else said, you know what, we need to kind of, you know, do something with this because, uh, you know, you're, you're getting notoriety from the show. You love cigars. Let's launch a cigar brand. Whose idea was that to start that? The public, the public, <laughs> the public yeah. Um, wow. On social media and just meeting people. Um, when are you going to start your own cigar company? Do you have your own <laughs> cigar brand? And it just, it just kept going and going and going. And I, I do not have a business mind. Right. And so I really never gave it a lot of consideration until a couple things happened. I was invited to Napa Cigar down in Napa, California for a meet and greet. And we did that, had a lot of fun, met a lot of cool people. And his business partner was an, is an importer. So I thought, I asked, you know, would he import for me? Yes. Then I got a hold of an old cigar smoking friend of mine who teaches, he's a, a professor teacher at the college and he uh, teaches how to start and operate small businesses. Need I say more? Right. So he and I worked out a partnership and we got a hold of this importer and we just, we started doing a cigar with just two cigars. That was a uh, just barely over five years ago. Well, so obviously you keep adding more and uh, you're still going. So does that mean things are going pretty good there? Yeah, they're, they're going good. We're having a lot of fun at it. Right. His, my partner's business partner's name is Harry, Harry DeWolf. And I, when we were talking about starting up, I said, Harry, if this company fails or succeeds either way, 
my goal is that I don't want to have to ever buy another cigar as long as I live. <laughs> <laughs> that was a goal. We've so, reached so that. We've reached that point, by the way. So you and, smoke uh, Dumas exclusively, is that yeah. what you're saying? And we, we listen to our customers a lot right. um, for flavor, size, things like that. We have some pretty strong regular customers now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're always trying to do little special things. Uh, we got a special coming up. I can't give it away right now. But, well, like for Christmas, we had a, a special box of, of stars made and things like that that right. um, people have asked for. Well, I took advantage of the free shipping, the Santa Chris uh, special. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. So, um, any uh, any any Churchills on the horizon? Any specials? Any Churchills? Oh, you know, um, I'm thinking because we just got done testing like six more cigars to try to pick one. I'm trying to think if there was a Churchill in there or not. I don't think there was. Oh, uh, well, uh, maybe sorry. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you want one? So, Do we need to make you up some Churchills? Absolutely. I would love one. Okay. <laughs> that's what I like to smoke. The, yeah, uh, that's my favorite too, is it Churchill? Is it? Yeah. yeah right. Mike, Mike gave me one of your cigars. I haven't had it. The last time I saw him, I haven't had a chance to be outside to actually try it. And it's I'm cold, it's cold here in Pittsburgh. So. Oh, my gosh. Have, you know, yeah, you know I try not to smoke in the house anymore. I mean, I have a, a HEPA filler thing, and it's been so cold, I haven't been even able to go out on my screen in porch where I have the clear uh-huh. vinyl sheeting up. But once that brick gets cold and it hits wintertime, unless it's a really sunny day, you can't, no matter what, it's like trying to heat a refrigerator, you know, and it's just not right. not right. working. But I'm looking for – I've looked at your website, you know, went on to the website and, and looked at, you know, every – the cigars that you have and i definitely looking looking forward to actually uh giving it a try especially after now somebody i've actually met and talked to is actually behind a cigar behind a cigar i'm gonna smoke you know it's cool yeah. I, so I, like the, I like the d10s the d10s uh were, were, were good i think yeah. i had a d i think i had a d8 before that um what, what's your favorite of, of the Duma cigars yes <laughs> um first of all i forgot yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in Palm Springs right now, okay. so I forgot the rest of the country's a little bit on the cold side. <laughs> right, I just, right. I knocked out eighteen in a cigar this morning already. <laughs> but uh, I I like the Apprentice. Okay, it's a it's a mild, but a, like on a higher mild side of a cigar. I like the uh, Rochancho, little short, stubby four inch. Uh, I've had those before too. Rochancho, yeah, I like those. The, uh, those are probably number one and two, and then the master, mm-hmm. and and that I like that one. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, and the pictures, my least favorites are uh, the little three eighties, only because I don't care for little small cigars. They, they look too much, remind me too much of a cigarette. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I don't smoke much of those. Mark Mark has uh, from time to time those uh, type, but. Uh, I the, like to me, like I like the 60 gauge, <laughs> like yeah. something a little meatier, uh, be, yeah. behind it. But, um, anyways, so and, um, you are, are you still making your own, uh, wine? Uh, I did not this year, but I'll probably, um, 
I will in 2023. Well, it, I think it's, it's hard. Mitch has called it your hooch or something like that. Yeah. Before. Or prison <laughs> hooch. Well, I, up there, up there is hard. To, I don't want to say this. It's not hard to get alcohol up there. That's for sure. Right. Right. But it's hard to get to town to get it. And it's really expensive. It's we're in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so I brought some wine making stuff and I just bought a whole bunch of grape juice and I, I made that into wine. And that's where the, you know, the, the hooch came from. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's like but, the, the back, the backyard wine. Yeah. I, I start with grapes and it's always risky because I get home so late in the year. I'm getting home in mid October Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the the grape season is done, you yeah. know, so that, de- that has a lot to do with whether I can make wine this year or not. What's your, what's your favorite kind of wine overall? Red. Any red? I've, no, I make a, uh, a cab Merlot blend 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Oh. That goes really good. Yeah, I that's like my Cab, favorite. I like uh, I like um, old vines in, and I like um, uh, Shiraz or Syrah, both of them. Shiraz, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, get um, yeah, Shiraz usually comes from uh, certain parts of Australia, and right. uh, the Syrahs, you know, this, that version in California. So I, I like the if it's if it's bold, if it's oaky, if it's you know got a lot of you know. Uh, uh, power behind it a lot of flavor yeah. burst of flavor that's the like i like the 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 red blends i like the like i said the uh, um gnarly head makes a one of their brands is called uh, 1924 and they make a uh, double black uh, oh. the ca- they make a double black cab and a double black uh red blend that wow. is just incredible so so much flavor in those and uh i like a few of the the bourbon barrel uh, ones, but not um, not all of them because some of them are just like a little too. Uh, they almost like the they they're like killing the wine flavor with a little bit too much of the bourbon flavor. Oh right? yeah, some yeah. of them you just open it up and it's like oh. But I yeah. tried one and it was a uh, here in our state. The li- the the state controls pretty much the liquor sales. There's a few grocery stores they're allowed to carry wine, but not any any mm-hmm. spirits and i bought one that i was like chairman selected our state bought a bunch like somebody supplied and they sell it as a discount price sometimes there's some great deals but i had one oh my god i op- opened it up and it was just like it was even stronger than open up a bottle of bourbon i mean it was just like making your eyes I, burn and it was just i'll give you top. my mailing address that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I, I, mean, I i learned through the years that Different yeast gives the wine different flavors. And so okay. I found a, a yeast that I like a real fruity flavor, mm-hmm. you know, in my, in my wine. So, um, not super dry, but I like that. I know, I know it's, I know it's grapes when I, when I drink it. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've been, um, over the last year or two, I've been getting more into like some of the, the European wines, like from France or Spain or something like that, and and Italy, and uh, I never ventured 
to to get those type of wines before, but I, I'm actually really like them. Whenever I, I see them on the chairman selection, as Mark said, um, and I'll I'll just sample them because you get a good deal on them and just ah, see what this is like. And you read the description of of, of the wine; they'll have like a little card there with a description on it. And so I, you know, I'm getting more worldly with my uh, taste for wine. So, <laughs> well, I I think wine and cigars have a lot in common. You oh, know, yeah. you just have. You keep trying them until you find one that you really like. And yeah. don't worry about price. You know, I'm not going to get that wine because it's two bucks a gallon. Right. <laughs> if, if it's two bucks a gallon and you like it, who cares? Yep. Yep. Buy one bottle of expensive wine, dump it out, and put your $2 stuff in there and drink it. I have friends of mine who are wine connoisseurs that travel the world. They're they're both retired now, and that's all they do is travel and drink wine everywhere. And and they say the same thing. Look, you know, they're you know a twenty a, a ten dollar bottle of wine could be just as good as a hundred and ten dollar bottle of wine. It right. all depends on on you and and your likes and tastes and stuff like that. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's what I think is pretty cool. I, I was just, we were talking early in the first segment, uh, about this wine I bought. It's actually called cigar. It's, oh, uh, really? I, I think it's from Lodi, California. And it's, it was an old vine Zin and I saw it on the shelf. It just said cigar. And that was, oh, the you gotta try it. it. and I'm like, eh, I gotta try that. You know, it was like 15, 16 bucks for the bottle or something like that. And, um, I wasn't, I, it, to me, it sounded gimmicky. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you're pairing your wine with the cigars. So forced kind of like nudge people to buy your bottle of, of wine whenever they were smoking a cigar or something like that. But um, it was actually really good. So I'm like, okay, that's, it wasn't really a gimmicky wine. It was pretty good. So you might yeah, have to check yeah. that out. So um, I wouldn't bump it up to my list of favorite Zins, but um, I would buy it again. It's pretty you good. Know, I don't, I don't think I've ever paid more than $8 for a bottle of wine or $10 for a cigar. Okay. And I, I, well, I don't pay anything all. for cigars. My Pardon? question to you, <laughs> my question to you about whether you ever, like I like to smoke a cigar and have a port wine occasionally. Right. I guess being that you don't go over $8 that you're probably not buying any port. No. Um, because I got some, I have so much wine at home. I'll do that. Now, a friend of mine makes an excellent raspberry port. Now, I'll have that with a cigar, but I'm kind of a either uh, red wine or, or a bourbon. Okay. And a cigar. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. See, like I said, if, if we were neighbors, I think we'd be hanging out. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, um, so what does, what does uh, Chris do on the off season? Well, um, once I get home from the U- from the Yukon, I spend a few weeks uh, with working on the business, catching up with Harry and what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, de- trying to develop new cigars, new products, and things. And so I'll spend a few weeks on on the cigar biz- business. And then my wife and I are snowbirds, okay. so we come from Oregon. We come down to to Cal- Southern California. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm. That's where I'm sitting right now. That's why I was able to go golfing this morning. <laughs> All right. And I'll I'll be here for about four months and then my wife will stay here and I'll go back up north and back up and go way north. It's still too cold for her to go back home. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I'm not a <clears throat> my dad lives in um Florida and mm-hmm. I used to I lived there for a couple of years, as as Mark did for a year. 
with with me a long long time ago, long time ago. And uh, <clears throat> I go down every year to watch the Super Bowl with him. And oh. uh, I try to go down a few other times during the year, but since COVID, I really haven't had time yeah. to do it and kind of got out of the habit. But I'm gonna have to get back into that habit. And, but um, get to play some golf whenever I go down here. But it's weird because like it's February, and I haven't played golf up here since like September. <laughs> so right. you get all that months off, and you don't have any, uh, you know, practice or anything like that. Yeah, my uh, my winters can actually be warmer than my summers. You know, it, it, yeah. it's uh, a flip there. Yeah. You know, we're in January. It's actually been pretty cool, cool down here this year, mm-hmm. but it should be in the seventies right now. And in February, it's going to start bumping up in the eighties. And we don't see that up North. You know, it's just a hot right day. Now, obviously. And yeah, a hot day in the Yukon might be 70, 71, right. 72. That's still pretty nice. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. It's a dry so, heat, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so do you uh, do you do you watch the show at all? Um, yes, I do. I watch. We have friends that we've known before Gold Rush started mm-hmm. and they love it. And so we'll get together on a Friday night. And uh, I, I think they get they get a benefit because they'll record it and then pause it now. Now, what happened here? Or <laughs> see, this is where I live. And right, well, you right. see this, that's where camp is. And, you know, they get a lot of behind the scene right there. All right. Might take you two hours to watch an episode, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, we're all just average people. We're not actors. Yeah. And so to see yourself on television is not as shocking as it probably would have been before the uh, VHS recorders. <laughs> Remember when right. people had their home recorders, they plug them in, you see yourself on television. Right, it's the right. same thing. Right. The, the biggest shock was uh, about three quarters of the way through the season on season one, production and discovery knew it was going to be a hit. Right. And one of the, one of the camera guys goes, yeah, this is going to be discovery's number one program. And, you're going to be on billboards and signs inside of buses and stuff like that. And I just, yeah, right. Whatever. And, uh, I actually even watched a couple. No, I didn't. Anyway, I can't remember if I watched an episode or not, but I was at home watching the, uh, world series. Right. And our ad came on and I was on that ad and I thought, you know, there are more people outside of my little town watching the Super Bowl or this World Series. <laughs> World's right. I, and I actually broke into a cold sweat. You know, <laughs> millions of people watch the World Series and they just saw me on television. And I I got a little nervous on that one. Wow. Now it's all old hat. Right, right, obviously. So what, like, I noticed that um, <clears throat> when you uh, first came out with Dumit Cigars, you were allowed to wear your, your merchandise and stuff like that. Yeah. And then now they blur it out. Did someone just say, hey, no more free advertising. Are you either going to pay for that placement or we're going to blur it out? Did, did that happen or did they just not even uh, give you know, a choice? I don't know. I really don't. And I really can't discover an answer from anyone else because it's the only logo that's being blurred out. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. And so 
I don't, I'll talk. I'll talk to him again this summer and, and find out what's what's going on. Something like you nobody know, even asked you. Say, hey, look, you know, if you want the logo, well, you can, but you're going to have to pay a fee for the placement of it or something like. Nobody even nah. approached you about that. No. Nah. Oh man, that's not no. cool. Haven't heard. Haven't heard from him. Yeah, well, you know, fight for that. You know, you need some. Uh, you, you know, you only get so much like for from doing the show. I mean, you got to get a little bit more benefit from it, it so you get yeah, pick up some it, business. It's odd because when Christo does the dirt, it's not blurred. But <laughs> right. on Gold Rush, it is. Maybe so. that's because I mean, well, now it's on um, the dirt's only like on the internet, and um, yeah, no, if it's on I don't the TV get that. anymore. We get a so. really good response from the dirt. Seems right. like people really like that. A lot yeah, they more don't, than they don't even put it on. I get Discovery Plus, and they don't even put it on Discovery Plus anymore. No. Like, so right, that's right. that's kind of odd. But, yeah, uh, I don't what, know. What's your least favorite part about what they do with the show whenever they're producing it and putting putting it together? Like, what what don't you like? What makes you cringe? Like, oh, why do they do that? Um, they can get a few things wrong. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that kind of bugs me, like I said earlier, is you know they just lost a thousand dollars in gold. No, we didn't. It's still on yeah. the ground. We just haven't gotten <laughs> to it yet. Right, That's kind right. of dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they get they get some facts wrong. Not very often, really, right. but every now and then. And as for making the show, the worst part is doing makeups or pickup oh. work because. <laughs> Now it's September right. and it's or late September and it's maybe five degrees out. Right. And they go, Hey, you blew the scene back in July or the right. you know, the sun was in your eyes or something, and you were out in a t shirt. <laughs> and so I gotta go get that t shirt. You know, they they tell you <laughs> what, what you were doing because right, who remembers right. that far back. But you got to stand there in five degrees in a t-shirt while they get all this stuff all set up. And, you know? Oh, geez. Oh, you shake your lines really quick and get out of there. Right. Anything for the show. That's funny. So um, now you might not have any information or are privy to this at all or anything like that, but like, I, I know why Rick is off the show and he's, kind of struggling with some things right now but like he's still on the opening like his face is still like in the opening logo and the um, maybe maybe his decision to not return happened after they already had that produced and they didn't want to put a new one together but it almost like was alluding to the fact that he might be coming back but do you know anything about Rick Ness or what's going on with him you know I don't I really don't I don't pay attention to the other miners mm-hmm. uh, especially during the mining season Right. And I'm not in contact that much with Discovery, and I'm not a major player. And so, actually, there are people on social media that know more about what's going on with not just Rick, but Gold Rush than, than I do. Right. You know, I I just do my thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, like I said, we're not, we're not doing uh, trying to dig, but I'm, I ask questions that I want to know the answer to. And if you knew, sure. you knew. If you don't, you don't. Whatever. So is there um like, do they, at what point in time do they tell you if you've been renewed for another season? Is that usually before the end of the season? Is that, you know, after the end of the season? It, is uh, it different? It varies. Uh, yeah. I know that like uh, Tony and Parker and the big names there, they're in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they notify me in April. Okay. Which is really quick because if they don't want me back, 
or the, if they want me to go, I've got about two weeks to get ready and go. Right. You know, if they don't want me back, I miss some pretty good prime golf time down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that works both ways. Like I asked if the show wasn't on, would you be doing this? And you said yes. But um, I'm assuming because of how good you've gotten at, at gold cleanups, that regardless of if the show was on or not, I'm, I'm assuming Parker would want you working with him. Is that fair to yeah, assume? Yeah, there's, there's been a couple incidences. Um, one year – our, our, our cook came down to the gold room. He was kind of half laughing. I said, what's so funny? He goes, oh, I just left Parker. And Parker was saying his girlfriend's coming up, and he doesn't know what to do with her. He doesn't want her to get bored. <laughs> so I, told, I, I told Parker, I said, just put her in the gold room with Dimmit. Parker, <laughs> Parker's answer, if I have to sacrifice a girlfriend to keep that old man happy, I'll do it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. I mean, that's, um, you know, well, yeah, again, whatever it takes. Right. So I guess that just shows what he thinks of you. So that's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. So yeah, Park um, and I get along really well. So you're, you're, um, you say you usually go down when about April. Right. Okay. So you're probably yeah. getting a call here coming up soon. So, um, and again, you know, that's, that's regardless of whether, Discovery is going to be filming or not, but do you, you know that there's going to be another season of, of uh, gold rush? Yeah. Uh, I would, I would say there's going to be, it's still their most popular show. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why they would pull the plug yeah. on it. You know, when yeah. it's still number one. I mean, so, other than, you know, maybe, I mean, it seems like they keep trying to find other minors. Um, I, I don't know how Fred's season is going to end, but they, they kind of tease it up. Like they teased it up before the, where he's finding better gold and stuff like that. So maybe he gets a win. And then there are those two young brothers now that they snuck on the show that were near uh, Fred. They're not having too good of a season, but it seems like almost like they're stretching to try to find more people to put on the show or something like that. Maybe in place of, uh, of Rick since he's not there, but that, um, uh, that could be part. Yeah, that could be, I know that we, the, the Schnabel crew, We've gotten really, really good at what we do, mm -hmm. and it's hard for production to get content. Right. You know, there's there's not a lot of those, the dramas and the, the failures and the setbacks and things besides throwing a track and breaking a hose. Um, so it's hard for them to get content out of us. Right. And I, and I, I think they're doing a great job, but um, I think maybe that's why they're throwing in more guys, more you know, like Fred and the two brothers. Or maybe, maybe with uh, Parker having another operation now in Alaska. Yeah. Is, is there going to be like split time between both plant, both, uh, you know, sites now? And that, that could be too. Right. You know, there's, there's some things I can't say about Alaska. Right. Yet. So um, we're, we're expanding hmm. and that, that might help pick up a lot of content. Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, okay. So, well, anything, uh, you want to plug right now? Anything you've got coming up besides your cigars or anything uh, you no, you know, any, I, like charity golf events or anything? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, I, I, I kind of embarrassing to plug cigars. Right. But, um, <laughs> no, we're just having a, a lot of fun with those. And, um, we're really battling on trying to keep the price down. Right. You no, know, since COVID, we just got brutalized. Almost, oh, yeah. almost everything doubled. Right. And so we're trying to 
I hate price increases. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm the guy that's doing it, I kind of feel bad about that. Right. But I think we still have a, a good quality cigar at a fairly reasonable price. And uh, on our, we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page thingy. Um, that so is here, it at, at, Doom, at Doom and Cigars? Is that the, what you it, use yeah, for everything? Doom, Doom and Cigar. And there's, um, there's going to be a video coming out here pretty soon that you might want to check out. We have some we have some options to what's what's coming up. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. But uh, we're the website, the website oh. is doomandcigar.com. Doomandcigar.com. Yeah. We'll, 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 flash, we'll flash all that up on the screen here for people to, to be able to find you. Well, thanks. So, um, appreciate that. Yeah. So <clears throat> once again, we, we really appreciate you taking the time out to be on the show. I know you don't do interviews and maybe you were surprised that someone wanted to have you on the show, but I, I'm thinking to myself, like, why isn't he booked like every week on people's talk shows? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> that's the way I think. The bullets. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thanks for the invite. This has been a lot of fun. Really yeah, cool. Man, it was great talking Blake to you. Like and, the cigars uh, too. Mm-hmm. We'll have to nice oh, to meet yeah. you. Yeah, stay, I mean, I'll, stay I'll be tuned I'll, afterwards, and we'll we'll chat, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And I'll, I'll be looking out for the uh, for the Churchills, that's for sure. So, okay, cool, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, for Chris Dumit and the Big M, Mark Anthony over there, I'm Michael Cadry, and we will see you next time on Blabberbrain Show. I'll see be ya. better next time. <laughs> Later. <laughs>